Hey, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to the Ladies Promoting Transparent Advocacy Podcast. I am your podcast host, Shay Pate. Today, for our Marvelous Motivating Monday, we are going to call this Men Meddling Monday. And the reason why I want to call it Men Meddling Monday is because we're going to talk about a very controversial subject. And I wasn't going to talk about it, but I see that a lot is being done undercover and bills are being passed and it's about ladies. So, you know, we have all these men meddling in things that are regarding ladies and their bodies. And what I'm talking about is the new really, 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 really strict Texas abortion law. And I am just going to say me personally, I respect everybody's choice. Pro-choice or not, I respect your choice. But I think that when you have men, I was looking at the, you know, the state senators in Texas to look at the ratio of men to women out of curiosity. Okay, there's 31 of them total, and it's 18 Republicans and three Democrats. Now, out of the 18 Republicans, it's 12 men and six women, which is for the men is 67%, almost 67% and less than 35% of women that are Republicans in the state of Texas in the Senate, which means that 67% of the decision is made by men. That's a problem for me. That's why I want to call this Men Meddling Monday, because it's easy to meddle in something that you know nothing about. And, I, you know, I did a lot of research. There's so much out there on this. But I was at the ACLU of Texas website, and they were talking about the law. And this is an article that came out on September 14th. And it was it was really interesting. It had, I guess, questions that people were asking. So I wanted to read some of these questions. And then I want to talk about what they're saying is constitutional or unconstitutional about this law. Now, um... It says that even though abortion is a constitutional right, the state of Texas has unlawfully banned abortions after approximately six weeks of gestation. Okay. I really, really was um, kind of floored of some of the questions that I don't know if these are questions that people wrote into the ACLU of Texas or these are just questions that they put in the article and were answering, you know, because they talk about how earlier this year, the Texas governor, Republican governor, Greg Abbott signed in the law is called Senate bill eight, which took effect September 1st. So it's just new this month. And the last outlaws, I mean, the law, it outlaws abortion after six weeks of gestation, even in cases of rape and incest. Now, the thing that I was really surprised about was the rape and incest part. I mean, come on, even, mm. so then what happens, you know, I mean, that's a whole nother category of mental illness for a person that was raped and it was incested, you know, I mean, I, I mm. see mental illness always comes back into play. Well, the ACLU of Texas and partners, they're currently in the process of legally challenging this unconstitutional law. In, a, in an effort to keep Texans informed of their rights to abortion care. Now, there were some questions, as I said, on the website, and I'm going to just kind of read the question and then give the answer that they gave. And the first question is, is abortion legal in Texas, even after this, this law is passed? And the answer is yes. You have a constitutional protected right to decide whether and when to become a parent, including the right to 
terminate a pregnancy. While Texas cannot prohibit abortions outright, the state can impose some restrictions. Restrictions on abortion in Texas generally made it more difficult or expensive. Now, they were talking about the constitutional rights, and it's so funny because I was watching a couple of channels today, and they were talking about this and how unconstitutional it, it was. So, I have learned... And they've shown this in when they would do different stations would do fact checking. And they were showing some people that would say stuff and say it's in the Constitution and say it like it really is. When, in fact, when you research and, and analyze stuff, you find out it's not in the Constitution. I saw they were showing clips and I was seeing some things. I was like, wow, let me go check. You know, I always go to there's a thing called Constitution Center. A website and I go there a lot and try to find out constitutional stuff and you know it was talking about the 14th amendment it was saying about the constitutional right this is what they're saying is the constitutional right of women to be able to make decisions about their own bodies it was saying the due process clause of the 14th amendment is the source of an array of constitutional rights including many of our most cherished and most controversial Okay, and it's saying it considers the following rights that the cause guarantees against the states. Now, I kept saying, so where in here does it actually say that? And then, you know, this is from Constitutional Center website, and it said the due process clause of the 14th Amendment echoes that of the Fifth Amendment. The Fifth Amendment, however, applies only against the federal government after the Civil War. Now, of course, we can't talk about abortion in the Supreme Court or even the Constitution or the um, Fourth Amendment without talking about Roe v. Wade. And I really, really am just at all at some of the information that you find out when you're doing research on certain um, Supreme Court uh, rulings. In, let's just talk about how the court established a right of personal privacy protected by the due process clause that includes the right of a woman to determine whether or not to bear a child. In doing so, the court dramatically increased judicial oversight of legislation under the privacy line of cases, striking down aspects of abortion-related laws and particularly all the states. Now, it was funny because when I was talking about the different um, questions that they were asking, <clears throat> excuse me, some of the research I did and coming from the UC, I mean, ACLU, one of the questions was, were, and they're specifically talking about Texas, were these laws struck down by the Supreme Court? And the website says the Supreme Court struck down two of Texas anti-abortion laws in 2016, a law requiring doctors who provide abortions to have admitting privileges at a local hospital and a law requiring abortion clinics to make themselves into ambulatory surgical centers, which are basically many hospitals. The court ruled that these laws had nothing to do with health or safety and they only served to block access to abortion. The court's ruling concerned only two, <clears throat> those two laws. What's worse, before the Supreme Court could make its decision, a damage was already done. The unconstitutional laws 
forced many clinics to close, and Texas is left with just a few clinics to serve millions of people of reproductive age. You know, Texas has done all kind of things lately regarding this law where they're making people even associated with driving someone there being held accountable. And that's kind of crazy because they were saying how a lot of people would probably use an Uber or Lyft driver. And that's just kind of crazy that sometimes you're getting caught into some crime and you don't even intend to. You're just trying to earn some money being an Uber driver. Well, I just want to play the Attorney General uh, Garland. He responded to this and he did a press conference. So let's listen to what he has to say regarding this, because the reality is a lot of this stuff regarding health and mental and now this abortion um, in Texas law. It's not even about what these people feel are in the best interests of people. This is all political. And that's so unfortunate because, as I said, I support whatever you want to do. I'm pro-choice personally, but you have a right to do what you want. You can be, you don't have to be pro-choice. I mean, I just think that it's unfortunate that these people aren't doing this because they think that they're protecting unborn babies. Not all of them. Some of them might be, but the fact that they're just doing it because they're thinking that a lot of these laws are going to unfortunately hurt the um, minority communities. But don't get that twisted because non-minority communities get abortions too. And a lot of them, is, especially is rich, the rich ones, they do it undercover. So, you know, or now maybe have we'll have people come in and do it in their house. I don't know. But my point is... We have to start addressing these controversial laws because they're getting done underhandedly and they're getting done um, one-sided. You know, it's no bipartisan anything anymore, but these are men. And that's why I called this Men Meddling Monday. These are predominantly, when you got 67 of decision makers are men and it doesn't affect one single male, it's all women. And I'm going to be honest with you, the women that voted for this, I'm disappointed in them because um, I'm wondering if we do some background checks on them and their females and their family, if we find anybody that actually had an abortion, you know, internet show everything. So it's very disappointing. But what I want you guys to, to do is listen to um, the attorney general's response to this. And I'm hoping that people start paying attention because elections are coming up and look at the people, what they're voting for and where your state is is in jeopardy. I always used to tell people when we were talking about elections how easy it is to say that you're just worried about the presidential election and maybe the Senate and, and, and House of Representative elections, but not the local. And this is one more example of local. This was the Texas state senators, the Republican senators from the state, not, not Ted Cruz and them that represents the state as uh, Congress people, I'm talking about the state level, and that's why I tell people that you got to pay attention who's running in your local level because it will affect you. So we're going to um, go on and listen to the Attorney General's comments about this specific law in Texas. After the Supreme Court allowed Texas Senate Bill 8 to take effect, I said that the Justice Department was evaluating all options to protect the constitutional rights of women and other persons. Today, after a careful assessment of the facts and the law, the Justice Department has filed a lawsuit against the state of Texas. Our position is set out in detail in our complaint. Its basis is as follows. 
SB 8 bans nearly all abortions in the state after six weeks of pregnancy, before many women even know they are pregnant, and months before a pregnancy is viable. It does so even in cases of rape, sexual abuse, or incest. And it further prohibits any effort to aid the doctors who provide pre-viability abortions or the women who seek them. The act is clearly unconstitutional under long-standing Supreme Court precedent. Those precedents hold, in the words of Planned Parenthood versus Casey, that, quote, regardless of whether exceptions are made for particular circumstances, a state may not prohibit any woman from making the ultimate decision to terminate her pregnancy before viability. Texas does not dispute that its statute violates Supreme Court precedent. Instead, the statute includes an unprecedented scheme to, in the Chief Justice's words, quote, insulate the state from responsibility, close quote. It does not rely on the state's executive branch to enforce the law, as is the norm in Texas and everywhere else. Rather, the statute deputizes all private citizens without any showing of personal connection or injury to serve as bounty hunters, authorized to recover at least $10,000 per claim from individuals who facilitate a woman's exercise of her constitutional rights. The obvious and expressly acknowledged intention of this statutory scheme is to prevent women from exercising their constitutional rights by thwarting judicial review for as long as possible. Thus far, the law has had its intended effect. Because the statute makes it too risky for an abortion clinic to stay open, abortion providers have ceased providing services. This leaves women in Texas unable to exercise their constitutional rights and unable to obtain judicial review at the very moment they need it. This kind of scheme to nullify the Constitution of the United States is one that all Americans, whatever their politics or party, should fear. If it prevails, it may become a model for action in other areas, by other states, and with respect to other constitutional rights and judicial precedents. Nor need one think long or hard to realize the damage that would be done to our society if states were allowed to implement laws that empower any private individual to infringe on another's constitutionally protected rights in this way. Now, I saw an article in Politico, <clears throat> excuse me, Politico.com, on Politico.com, and the title was Why Republicans Are Scared of the Texas New Abortion Law. Now, they're saying that for years, the conservative legislators have passed these increasingly restrictive abortion laws, knowing that they'd be struck down by the courts. But now <laughs> that it wasn't struck down, they have to defend this for the upcoming elections. So one of the things that um, I'm really curious about is how this will really affect those who run in for re-election or for election. Now, they're saying after all the Republican state legislators 
and the deep red states have long been passing increasingly restrictive abortion laws only to see many later get struck down in the courts. Finally, one got through, at least for now. <clears throat> so is this really going to affect how some of the Republicans vote? I mean, they were saying in Politico that Mitch McConnell never wanted to shy away from a political fight, had only this to say about the Supreme Court ruling. And it's quoted as saying, I think it was a highly technical decision. Rona McDaniel, chairwoman of the Republican National Committee, who oversees the platform for the party, was out within hours declaring that she would challenge the legality of President Joe Biden's vaccine mandate, yet has been totally silenced on the Texas abortion case, as well as the Biden Justice Department's decision to challenge the law. Well, I don't know. You know, is it really going to affect them, though? I don't really know. I just think that it's really going to be an interesting campaign season when this comes up for those in Texas who are either running for re-election or actually running for election. Ooh, we, well, I don't know. We're going to have to see because they're just saying if larger historical trends hold, Republicans will be favored to win back the House in 2022. But the question now is whether anti-abortion advocates just handed, <clears throat> well, let's see if they just handed over uh, the White House the key to energizing their pro-abortion rights voters and potentially staving off a GOP landslide. I don't know. We'll see. Because um, I think even some of the moderate uh, voters may have a problem with the fact that even if you're raped or incest, uh, you have to keep a baby. And ooh, that, that, that right there, I thought were the two things that under all circumstances were the reason why people um, were not using those two stipulations to be part of the laws in the past. So that's going to be really interesting. I just think that we need to go on and start doing research on our local legislators so we know what's going on and we know what they're voting for because it seems like behind closed doors, people do a lot of stuff. But when they have to be uh, called out and talk about the fact that they are uh, voting for things that are not right, uh, I just think that that makes people a little more hesitant to be put on blast regarding some votes. <laughs> well, you know, there was a guy I was um, I saw a little bit on the news, but the Washington Post had an article about this doctor about this law. It says the title saying Texas doctor says he violated nation's most restrictive anti-abortion law to challenge it. I said, ooh, okay, this is getting to where we are. We're challenging things. And they said a doctor, a Texas doctor, stepped forward on Saturday to say he had performed an abortion that is illegal under the state's restrictive new law to force a test of its legality. So what this doctor is doing is testing what everybody trying to say is constitutional. And so he decided to publicly go out there and... um let it be known he did it. So sue me and let's see what happens. He's quoted as saying, I understand that by providing an abortion beyond the new legal limit, I am taking the personal risk. But it's something I believe in strongly. His name is Alan Braid, a San Antonio OBGYN. 
you know, he goes on to say to the Washington Post, I have daughters, granddaughters and nieces, and I believe abortion is an essential part of health care. I can't just sit back and watch us return to 1972. Well, I'm going to tell you, doctor, I mean, you're going to probably have a lot of people since your name is out there not happy with you, but maybe your strategy will pay off and we'll get into the courts about the legality of these very restrictive laws. So I'm going to say bravo to you to be bold enough to go on and take that stand and then be public enough to let it be known. You know, because, you know, people can get very violent and I really don't think that um, people are looking at you as a professional doing something instead of looking at you as someone breaking the law according to a law that may be excessive and maybe even illegal. Well, I don't know. You know, you guys just do your research and start fighting and writing your legislatures, even the local ones, about things that are too extreme. And if you are a Republican or a moderate Democrat and you're against these really restrictive laws, let it be known. You know, that doesn't mean that you're, even if you're a Republican and you're against it, that doesn't mean you're still not a Republican. But I think you need to start letting your feelings be known, women. And right now, women have been more vocal than ever before. You can't stop now. I am not promoting anything. I'm just saying the fact that we got men meddling in women's decisions in their bodies. And the funny thing is, I always say it. So if you get raped by somebody, first of all, you got to look at a child for the rest of your life of a negative situation. I'm not saying everybody is affected the same way, but that's a reality. And how do you think a child would feel knowing that they're a product of rape? You know, that could be mental on the child as well. So I just think that when we make these laws, we need to think about how the people that you're making the laws for may be affected by those laws. And this, once again, comes back into mental health. You know, this this type of situation is serious, and I'm sure it can affect a lot of people's mental health. So... Well, I just wanted to talk about this. I, I kept debating about it, but it keeps coming up. And I said, well, let me go and look into it and see what the laws are and what has been said and done. And I hope that all the people involved trying to fix this or change this or just make a difference in how things may be adjusted, uh, do what they need to do because this is serious and if Texas gets away with it, we don't know what other state's going to get away with it or if it's going to end up being a federal law If uh, since they're doing it by parties if a Republican is back in the White House. So you got to remember, if they're going to do things on a small scale, they definitely will do them on a larger scale if they're allowed. Why wouldn't they? So we got to just stay, stay, um, stay visual, as they say. Well, anyway, guys, I hope you guys um, got a little bit of knowledge out of this and how the Constitution uh, in the Fourth Amendment does kind of protect the women 
And even even though you will hear on various avenues of communication that it doesn't, do your own research. I tell people that all the time. So I'm going to close out this episode and hope even if you got just a little bit of information, it was informative and answered some questions you may have had. Okay? Well, guys, this will end this episode, and I hope that the information that you received is inspiring, uplifting, and informative. As I always say, follow us on Twitter at Advocacy Ladies. That's capital A as in Advocacy, capital L as in Ladies. And you can follow us on many of the podcast apps. We are on Apple iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Pandora, Alexa TuneIn, and of course, my hosting podcast company, Podbean. If you have any questions or subjects you want us to look into, give us a call. We're at 404-855-7723. Or you can send us an email at podcasthostshaypate19 at gmail.com. And you know my favorite question is, what do you have to say? Thank you for listening.